Mogul Motivation, empowering and inspiring entrepreneurs and dream chasers worldwide, one week at a time. Presented by True Stories Media, and I'm your host, Antoine Twiz-Taylor. When we hear the term generational wealth, we always think about money. We think about tangible things, boats, cars, mansions, you know, currency in some form. But generational wealth also applies to other things. Generational wealth can come in the form of support. The non-tangible things, the things you can't really see, but the things that's so important. And that's what you're going to hear on this episode of Aspire Higher with Darius Gates. You know, he's a businessman. He's an entrepreneur. He had a very successful athletic career in high school and college, but he didn't get to that point. And he's very vocal about this. He didn't get to that point. Without the strong support system of his family, his parents, his stepfather, his siblings. And he talks about how he inherited that form of generational wealth, that support, that love, and how he's trying to pour it into his children and the next generation. Here's his journey in his words. Darius, at what point did you um, make the decision that you want to be an entrepreneur? Did you always feel that way or... You know, did you pivot at some point in your life? Like, tell us, how did that come about? Well, man, like, so basically my dad, I would say my dad kind of sparked an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit as far as, uh, like, he's always worked for himself. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, hustling, like, uh, owning trucks, working on trucks, uh, driving trucks, like, Snow, uh, snow, uh, plowing snow, you know, because okay. he worked, he owned a lot of dump trucks, right? So he, uh, would plow snow in the winters and stuff like that. He had a big pickup and stuff like that. So, I mean, he, his work ethic, man, this kind of was, uh, it was kind of inspiring for me to see how hard he worked for his family. So, and growing up, he always, uh, kind of, made it okay for us to go to school and, and, and be in a corporate America and stuff like that. But he kind of always, just put that spark in our ear. Like, man, you can work for yourself. As long as you work hard, you can do anything you want to do. I'm going to support you with anything that you want to do, but I'm going to show y'all how to get out here and get it. You know what I mean? So uh, that kind of sparked the journey as far as just in my blood you know, hustling mm-hmm. and working hard is just in my blood. But uh, when it comes to what I'm doing now, as far as with the trucks, of course, he is a truck driver. I grew up around trucks. Uh, on Saturdays, you know, my dad would pick me up and I would go to go to his job, driving the trucks with him or riding the trucks with him and um, kind of just built that love for trucks, just being around him. I mean, he would be working on trucks. I'm running around the truck yard and handing them tools and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, while he was working on trucks, I would be hopping in the driver's seat acting like I'm riding a truck. So like even in school when, when uh, the teachers would ask me, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always grew up saying I want to be a truck driver. This is without me knowing like, you know, how much money people make, you know, what's the, uh, the classy or the, uh, you know, the glitz and glamour type professional jobs and stuff like that. I just wanted to be a truck driver because I wanted to be like my dad. So uh, when I got into corporate America, finally, 
after certain, you know, when we came out of college, it was during a recession. So it was kind of hard to find jobs. I'm not sure if you went through that as well, but 2011, it's, I mean, the, the, the workforce, it's just, man, like people that's been in the workforce for five, six years is out of job. So what you think is going to be like for us, fresh out of college, no experience. And for me, fresh out of college, uh, I didn't have any internships, man. I, I I was under impression that you go to college, you get a degree, you're going to just get a good job. And that was my mistake. And we're going to get into that too, bro. Uh, but just to keep asking your question. Uh, so just going through that journey and, and, and not being able to find a job, knowing I had to rely on somebody else to give me a job. It was just not a great feeling. So when I finally broke into corporate America, I saved up money just to, get out of it because I knew from that first point of searching for a job, I had to rely on somebody else, my livelihood, or even looking at my future of having a family one day. I'm solely dependent on somebody, you know, being, being uh, kind enough to give me a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like they, you know, they allowed you to, you know, um, the privilege to work here. Exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, I was trying to uh, find the right right, uh, words for it, but it's kind of like that feeling of knowing my destiny wasn't in my own hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, And only the lucky people stumble into jobs that's like, that's needed. Like it's it's high turnover or or it's it's not too many qualified people. You're lucky if you stumble into those types of jobs because now, yeah, the the roads are kind of reverse now you kind of got the industry um you know by the balls i guess but you know i just never liked that feeling and i wanted to always do my own thing and and invest in in my first truck when i saved up money after you know getting my first job and and shout out to tim swanson man um he's an alumni of indiana state football who uh mm-hmm. that first opportunity at a first professional job you know, and, and I, I'm forever grateful for him because he, he gave me opportunity. And uh, and and every time I see him, I tell him thanks. So it kind of uh, start led into something that that, you know, the journey from there to where I'm at now is kind of like. I'm so appreciative because I wouldn't be here without the opportunities that somebody gave me, but I kind of want to change, help change that narrative that people can kind of, you know, build up their own entrepreneurial uh, journey without needing that initial opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you had, um, you was watching, you know, your father, your entire childhood, you know, just, it seems like all his businesses revolved around a truck somehow, you know, whether it was mm-hmm. plowing snow, you know what I'm saying? The, uh, you know, the, um, the, the big rigs or whatever. So mm-hmm. you had that inspiration there. And then, you know, you uh, we talked about the uh, recession. It's hard to get a job. You finally get one. But like the whole time you was at that job, you were saving up to invest in your first truck. So you was already forward thinking. Right. Um, And I think that's very important because you got to you got to be forward thinking, you know, with anything you do. You know, a lot of people, um, I think that's what they messed up at because they kind of like just be spontaneous with things. And sometimes it works out for people. But yeah. most of the times it doesn't. And, you know, in the industry that you are in, I, I will assume being spontaneous ain't going to cut it. So 
you invest in your first truck, you saved up to invest in your first truck. How much did your first truck cost? Like, you know, um, to get to that point. So the first truck was a seven year old truck. And uh, at the time it was going for 34,000. Um, and I was, have been searching for, uh, you know how it is when you, just like you buying a home or something, you ain't got the money yet, but you shopping. I've been always shopping. Right, right, right. Bro. Yeah. Oh man, I know that all too well. <laughs> I was shopping. I was shopping for trucks for uh, about a year before I bought the bought the uh, truck. And uh, man, I had been visiting uh, on every weekend. Me and my dad would go to the uh, to the dealerships and and test drive trucks and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, and, and because he's the expert, right? So of course I'm taking him. So uh, he he'll be teaching me over that year. So not only did I save up and I was forward thinking saving up, but I was forward thinking on dragging him out every Saturday to tell me what he's listening for, or tell me what he's mm-hmm. looking for in a truck. We would go to the to the dealership and he say, "No, nah, we don't like that one." I'd be like, "Why?" And he'd tell me he'd be like, "Oh, because this is rusted or this is going bad. This is the type mm-hmm. of repair that's." it's real expensive. So you don't want that. So it was kind of cool because I had that, that expertise on my side um, to help me and educate me on what to look for on trucks. Now I could go look at trucks, you know, after that first year or two, I was able to go look at trucks and I knew what to look for. And, uh, and, and so that first truck was 34,000. I put 11,000 down um, because I had a, as a first time truck buyer, uh, they you 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 get the type of financing they call a second chance loan, or a second chance uh, uh, purchase mm-hmm. or funding. So what that means is that I'm getting the same type of deals that I'm high risk. I'm a high risk purchaser. Basically, I'm I'm owing money and I'm high risk because I'm new in the game. Yeah. So the same type of deal that a, a bad credit person would would. Uh, Somebody with bad credit would get. Yeah. Uh, so high interest. Um, it was actually a terrible deal uh, as far as the monthly payment I had. I had to pay like fifteen hundred a month, mm. which was high at the time uh, for a thirty-four thousand uh, dollar truck. To put that in perspective, I was paying fifteen hundred dollars once I I showed that I could pay a truck off in two thousand eighteen. I bought a sixty thousand dollar truck and my payment was fifteen hundred a, a month. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge difference. Huge like difference. Yeah. a three-year-old truck compared to a seven-year-old truck, the same payments. You know what I mean? But I had to take the risk to show them that that I could do it, and that yeah. you know I didn't make much money. That I could tell you that the first year because of that high that high interest loan. But I, you know, I paid for the education to run the truck. You know what I mean? And yeah. then after I got that experience, then I could cash in on the back end. So. Like you said, forward thinking uh, and just knowing that you got to pay to play. You got to pay to get your education that, you know, the trial and error. Yep. So uh, it was kind of I went into it knowing that I wasn't going to make much money because of, you know, going in and buying that the high interest loan. But I knew what the future could be. And I kept my nine to five job, you know, yeah. this I was just making side money. So I didn't need the money from the truck. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, it, it worked out. So I was still working my job, getting the guaranteed money while I'm playing around 
with my hobby and my passion and and a potential uh, career change. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I looked at it. And and uh, so so it was it, that, that was kind of how that first purchase went. And then to go back even before then, I got to thank my mom, too, because that eleven thousand dollars that I put on a down payment on that yeah. trip. When I came home from college, couldn't find a job, couldn't do my mom said, come home, live with me. And I didn't I didn't uh, I was like, man, I mean, I ain't got nowhere else to go. And uh, she she uh, we had a long talk about my plans. And my mom was the same way when I was a little kid to the same was I mean, she's so consistent. She's the same mother and advice giver and, and mentor of life uh, when I was, you know, 22. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, look. I'm not going to make you pay no bills. I'm not going to make you pay no rent. You know, you, we, we're going to be okay. We can, st- we can support you. We can feed you. The only thing we ask is that, you know, and she, she was okay with me partying and staying out late as long as I wasn't doing nothing stupid and hang. She knew my friends, you know, Stevon Kelly, my boy, we all responsible young men. So she never really tripped about me hanging out and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but her advice or her her stipulations of that was you need to save and pay rent to your savings account. Don't pay mm, it to me. Mm, mm. Pay rent to your the same rent that you would pay if you was living on your own when you got your first, when you get your first job, you pay rent to your savings account. Mm. So basically I paid a thousand dollars, which in, in college, you know, we was paying like eight hundred or something like that a month between two or three three roommates. Uh and so I was like, okay, a thousand sound like something, you know, I'm going to Chicago. So a thousand, I don't know how much apartments cost in the Chicago area. Cause Too damn much sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, a thousand sound like something decent. She's like, okay, pay it. When you, you know, you landed your first job, you, you, you doing what you doing, what you do. And, and, uh, just, just pay, you know, a thousand to your savings account. That's how I saved up. And that was in 2014, so we kind of skipped a little bit. So in 2010, when I first got out of college, I couldn't find a job, right? Right. So then I had went back to Indiana State to go get a uh, get my master's degree to basically buy time because I swear I, I tried applying for every industry, every. So I'm like, look, I feel your pain. Trust me, I, I feel like, your pain. Yeah, I was like, I just got to go back to school and do something productive. You know what I mean? So my first. When I made that decision, my brother Dennis lived at Florida State at the time, and he coached basketball for Leonard Hamilton. He was assistant coach at Florida State basketball uh, team. And uh, he was like, okay, you going back to, to school next fall? All right, this spring, come to Florida and live with me. So I went to live with my brother Dennis for about five, six months before I went back to Indiana State. And I'm like, man, I don't want to pay for uh, school. So he was like, okay, well – find out how you can be a graduate assistant that you can be on scholarship or get paid. They're going to pay for your tuition. They're going to pay for your room and board. You're not going to make no money, but you're going to buy some time to uh, figure out what you want to do. You can be in coaching. You can do this. You can do that. So I was a graduate assistant coach in the weight room at Indiana state where I played football at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got my, uh, uh, basically a free master's degree. And I was thinking about being a strength coach or a basketball coach like my brothers. And uh, 
you know, my brother Armand is now at the time he was uh, coaching at, uh, uh, was it like Loyola? And, uh, okay. you know, right now he's at Nebraska, but, but either way, uh, I wanted to be a coach because I wanted to be like them too, at, at, you know, and then they still my, my role models to this day. And uh, so seeing my brother work ethic when I lived with him was crazy because he's waking up them. Co- the coaching lifestyle is crazy. First of all, uh, they working about 20 hours a day, mm. you know, for- yeah, a lot of people don't know about how tedious and, you know, um, just, you know, how much of a grind that coaching lifestyle is. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. I just recently figured that out myself in like the past three, five years. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's, you see how hard he worked. It, it put some stuff in perspective for me on knowing, okay, this is how. So basically seeing my, my dad work ethic, seeing my brother work ethic, my mother work ethic, seeing, you know, my other work, brother work ethic, my sister, you know, got her degree, uh, you know, later in her uh, upper 20s and, and never gave up through her uh, adversities. And, and, you know, she had uh, my niece, you know, at an age where, you know, she would have been get, graduating, getting her degree and stuff. And she, man, we just resilient. And my family is my heroes, period. Yeah. You know, yeah. my, my role models, they, they, in my, they, my family. So I'm the, I'm the youngest by the way. And that's why I look up to, to them all because this is, you know, my big brother, my older sister, my parent, I, I look up to them all. So, so, uh, so yeah, then we fast forward through all of that coaching at Indiana State, and then we get to 2014 where I graduate again, and now it's time for me to find a job again. And that's when my mom sit me down, and I finally came back home after. I didn't come home until I got a job. So I got a job, yeah. but then I came home, and then uh, that's when we had that talk where I was going to pay myself uh, $1,000 a month, and that's how I saved up to get that first truck. I know that's a long story, but that's how I saved up. I mean, it's a, it's a long story, but it's a it's a necessary story. You yeah, know? It's, yeah, it's a relevant like story a because because you know, as as I'm hearing you talk, like basically, you know, you're you're blessed because you had a family structure that it it ain't even just about hard work. Hard work is a huge you know component of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you know, we understand if you want something in this world, you gotta work for it. We get that. Um, so you know, it ain't the fact that just your family worked hard, but it's the fact that your family had that support system. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's like y'all had that support system because like when you said that your mom was like, "Nah, don't pay me nothing, but you're gonna pay yourself." That's what you need to do. That's gonna be your rent to live here. You gonna pay yourself. Yeah. If you ain't gonna pay yourself, then I ain't got nothing for you. You know what exactly. I'm saying? That, that that that's that's powerful because we live in in a culture to where, and you know, I don't want to pick on our people, but mm-hmm. you know, our people is all I know because I'm black. So I'm just going to use our people as an example. Right. But right. we live in a culture to where parents they they take from their children. You know what I'm saying? They they take from their children. You know, um, is oh oh you need to pay X amount of dollars for rent. Like I know a friend, a friend of mine had a very great job, very great job, and you know fell on hard times. Um, so basically had to move back in with the parents to you know get their weight back up. And yeah. you know they were still working at this job, and the mother of my friend found out how much my friend made and was like, oh you need to pay us more rent. Mind you, my, my friend was already paying rent, but the mother said, you got to pay us more just because you can. 
Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? So when we live in a culture where so many parents that operate like that or in, you know, similar fashion, to hear your story, that's comforting because yeah. now they 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 not take it from you, they pouring into you. Exactly. And, and and you know, it's kind of like you went through all of this adversity, you bought your first truck. It's kind of like when you when you finally officially started your business and left your job, and we're gonna get to that in a moment. It was just smooth sailing from there. And of course, no business operates, you know, without bumps and hurdles, but it just seems like you already did the heavy lifting right. to prepare you to move this boulder once you got out there in the field. I got to mention my uh, stepfather, man, you know, because since I was a teenager, uh, he was always there, you know, supporting me with anything positive that I had going on. And uh, whether it was, uh, you know, being upset about things uh, in sports or, uh, you know, having uh, trouble finding jobs and, brainstorming on different career opportunities. He was always there brainstorming with me. And uh, yeah, and he really taught me, you know, he treated me like a son, man. And it, that's, that's kind of life changing to now that I'm grown and, and seeing the role that he played in my life, being able to step into our family and, and fit in and, and, uh, and be his self. And, and, you know, he just taught me a different phase of what being a man is all about. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, shouts out to him for that. You know, without him, too, in my life, I probably, you know, it'd be a lot harder. He he, he definitely helped. And he was always there every step of the way. So I got to give him his shout, his shout out, man, because, you know, it, nobody could tell me he's not blood. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. family. Yeah, you know what I'm saying my my nieces, he's granddad, you know, so he he's he's 100 percent in this thing, and, and I gotta give him his shout out because, man, I, I love him like a father. So, so I'm blessed to have two two father figures. You know what I'm saying? So, shout out to him, man. That's that's why I look at my family as heroes because it's like I have no choice but to reciprocate that and do it even better for my kids and and me and my me and my one of my business partners we say the same thing our kids are not moving out the house they not moving out they not moving out until they in a position where they can purchase a business or do stuff with 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 cash if they wanted to like not just when they barely can no we going I got to do it a little bit better than how my mother did it for me yeah. and that's kind of what I'm trying to preach to everybody is because without those opportunities, I definitely not here where I'm at right now. I'm still trying to scratch out of the hole without my family support. And, and I tell them all the time, yeah. when we talk, you know, of course they don't want to talk about it. Of course they don't, they, they brush it off, but I tell them I'll be looking dead serious. Like, thank you. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. Thank you. Till this day, if I, if, when I talk to my mom, when I talk to my brother, whenever the, the stuff come up, I just say thank you. And they know what I'm talking about. And, and uh, you know, and they look at it as they duty. They don't look at it as doing a favor. They don't look at it as holding something over my head. That's beautiful. You know, uh, they just, I, they just want, they, basically, they don't want the money that they helped me save to go in vain or be wasted on partying 
or stuff that we know that we can do that ain't going to give us value. If that the exact words, if you're going to do something with this, I, I'm going to help you anytime you need something. Yeah. Anytime you need something, you just got to be responsible. And, and, uh, you know, I just, I respect that so much because that's my, any family member you name, that's their mentality. And that's kind of what I want to spread and, and preach and, and, uh, spread that same type of love because, my mom and my my dad, they both understand that they not the future. You know, uh they got grandkids. They they don't they don't they want to make sure my their grandkids is in great position great position. So yeah. it's like they didn't live their life. They did what they did and it's our turn to take the baton and do something greater than what they did, using the same principles that they instilled in us. And, and, you know, and that's I respect them so much for that. And that's how you build that generational wealth. That's exactly how you build it. Like, you know, and you was in construction, correct? Like your corporate America job, that was construction, right? Yeah. So I started off as a safety manager. Okay. Um, and then uh, I transitioned into project management, building high rise buildings. In the, okay. In the so, area. so when you building that high rise building, what's the very first thing you got to establish? Well, when you when you build a high rise building, you have to basically go through the drawings and make sure everything uh, is set for for our vendors that supply us with our materials we need. So I'm on a concrete side. So we specialize in concrete. So the foundation and the skeleton of the building mm-hmm. what holds it up from mm-hmm. the foundations all the way to, you know, you see a building that's being constructed. You don't see no glass windows on it or mm-hmm. nothing. Now you see is concrete slabs and columns. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. That's what I that's what I do. So basically, the most important thing is getting your rebar and your concrete drawings and getting your submittals approved by the structural engineer. And And that's exactly what your family was doing for you. You know what I'm saying? Building that foundation. That's what they was doing for you. They was building that foundation. And it wasn't even just for you. It's like you said, they have grandkids, right? You Mm. got nieces and nephews. You got kids. It's literally for everybody that's coming after you. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, everything you do now is a foundation for somebody that's coming after you and everything they do is a foundation for somebody coming after them. So, you know, that's, that's the amazing thing about your journey, you know, despite the fact that it's a long, so, you know, we ain't win, that don't matter. You know what I'm saying? That's the amazing thing about it. So you started, what's the name of your company? DT Gates Logistics. Yep. All right. So you started, you started your company and tell us about how, you know, the um, success your company has accumulated in these couple of years since you started your business? So, so basically right now in, in 2021, we're, we are projected to do uh, three million over $3 million in revenue this year. Mm-hmm. And of course it's always, especially with a small business, it's always small fine tuning things that you try to improve every year to make your profit margins a little bit greater. So, excuse me. So, uh, so I just think it's remarkable where where we at right now because in 2020, early 2020, we were only at about 400,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, like, you know, you probably see some of my videos and stuff that's planned. My company got stronger th- through the crisis. It got stronger through uh, adversity while, it, you know, the rest of the adversity that was going on in the world um, with us being a, uh, what, what did they call it, a... Uh, a critical or a, uh, a a critical industry, uh, so they 
kept us rolling. They didn't stop us. Uh, they didn't stop the the uh, the essential. Yeah, that's what it was. They, the, the essential businesses. Yeah, essential, essential businesses kept rolling because obviously trucks. They give us our supplies, so I tell it to everybody all the time. The moment that trucks aren't needed, that means humanity is 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 is, is screwed because trucks bring every all of our supplies to either distribution centers and then smaller trucks like box trucks and sprinter vans. They're gonna bring them straight to the doors or to straight to the stores. Yeah, uh, to to be unloaded. So uh, it's just a blessing that. I wasn't in an industry that would have shut me down or uh, forced me to close my doors on that small $11,000 investment that I made as my first investment. You know what I mean? It would all be crumbling down. So it's a blessing that, that, uh, and I thank God all the time for that too. Absolutely. It's like, it's like trucks is to, um, it's the new age railroads, you know, in the 1800s, you know, that's what, that's what the railroad railroads were. Um, And and that's what trucks are now. Um, How many, how many trucks do you have in your fleet? How many drivers do you have? So right now uh, our fleet is up to 13. I'm talking to two owner operators and fleet owners to add on to the, to the uh, fleet. And I'll be at 15, uh, hopefully within the next month. Okay, 15. Um, yeah, so right now I have uh, 12 drivers. So I actually have an open truck. I'm I'm hiring a driver right now, actually. Mm, okay, and you know, you guys um, basically supply other companies to transfer their products to warehouses or wherever they have to go to. Right. So so uh, we get loads from either brokers or direct shippers, and then. Uh, uh, my company, we're a carrier. We're categorized as an authorized carrier to carry goods uh, uh, in the United States. And then basically smaller truck owners, they don't have to be labeled as a carrier. They can use my credentials basically to run their truck to, you know, and that's that's how I started. Actually. So is, is that kind of like freelance in a sense? Yeah, kind of. It's like uh, you, you basically uh, are getting started. You're like a subcontractor. You get okay. started without needing the, like in construction, the general contractor has a license or a business license to, to do, uh, be a general contractor. He had to pass a test. The owner had to pass a test to be categorized as a, as a general contractor. And a general contractor hires the plumbers, hires the electricians, and all of these other smaller subcontractors. That's kind of how I, I'm doing it. Got when it. You, a truck, you can be hired on just to supply an asset. I'm just going to supply the truck, and then you're going to pay me for the truck moving. Mm, okay how it is okay Okay. so that's kind of how i kept my nine to five and 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 had my trucks running under another carrier because i didn't have to run the entire organization i just had to basically manage my truck and make sure it was in good working condition Mm. that's my only that was my only responsibility and now i'm able to help others uh come up that way because it's not always easy doing that because there's so many people out there, carriers that take advantage because they got those credentials. They take advantage of these small fleet owners or truck owners and uh, owner operator. And they still in a lot of, not even still, and they're just able to take a lot of money because they've got a lot of leverage. Yeah. So yeah. like they squeezing the them. Exactly. They squeezing the profit out of them. So that's the narrative I'm trying to change too. I'm trying to do business to where I don't have to, take so much and I want to give as much as I can because 
they need opportunity. Just like I got opportunity, everybody needs opportunity. I'm actually helping people start their own stuff. My drivers, I'm giving them opportunities to to teach them how. Like I'm I'm not I'm not trying to keep my foot on nobody's neck for my own personal gain. My drivers will tell you, and you was you you shot you did some footage, and you saw the way the drivers talk. Yeah. I'm teaching them and I'm showing them as we talk day to day. I'm always checking on them and I'm always giving them some type of gem or jewel so they can grow and eventually not work for me, eventually become a truck owner. And, and all of them, I'm going to get my own truck and I'm going to lease it on with you because, man, I love your company. I'm making uh, more money than I ever seen, you know, and hearing that type of stuff is it's so cool because it tells me that I'm doing the stuff the right way. I'm doing good business. I'm doing doing uh, what my mom and dad taught me to do because mm-hmm. when it comes to improving our people, I've been talking this stuff since college with my college roommates talking about how screwed up the world is and how we going to change it. And to be in a position where I'm actually able to impact families and, and, uh, help people make more money and, and take care of their families better and, and, and create more business owners of people that look like us. They I'm, I'm able to give the opportunities to them that maybe their mother or father, or like you said, a lot of people wasn't as fortunate as me, but maybe I'm the person that can help them and show them how to do good business. Because when they get out there, they're going to be doing good business because they're going to try to duplicate what I did. You know, Absolutely. that's, the, the the legacy that I leave behind. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you, you talk about how you're helping people, not you want to, but the fact that you are helping people. You recently um, launched the Truck Business Academy. Yeah. Tell us about the Truck Business Academy, what it is, and, you know, how is it educating um, these up-and-coming truck owner and operators so they can get into the business and eventually, you know, replicate your model and, you know, find success for themselves and their families. Yeah. So tr- tr- I came up with a truck business Academy because uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people was losing their jobs. Right. And uh, a lot of people knew that trucks were still rolling and, and they've heard the success that, and how, how, uh, you know, the truck industry was doing and they was just buying trucks with their 401k money or that they have from their corporate America job or with their savings. And although it, it might sound like, OK, the, the truck, somebody drives a truck and the truck makes money, as simple as that sounds, it's very hard to make money in an industry. But you can with the right mentorship and the right tools, you can and you can do it fairly quickly. But you have to get a mentor and somebody has to teach you. So what happened was everybody's buying these trucks, friends, family of mine, and they would all call me. But when I'm running an operation, I can't field all of these calls and help everybody with the quality that I like to give them. So I love helping people, but it hurt. It kind of hurt me because so many people that I knew was getting into it. And I, I'm in my head, I'm like, I got to protect them. I got to protect them. How can I do it and keep my business running successfully at the same time? So I'm like, I'm, I got to I, I basically you know, one of my buddies came. My business partner came in town. And uh, and showed me how he was coming out with some courses and he was going to be releasing it in the in the fall. Uh, and I thought that was so cool because here I'm running around uh, stressing out because I'm trying to help everybody and keep my stuff floating at the same time. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I got to do it, too. 
So I duplicated uh, what he was doing. He taught me how to do it. Came out with the course. Now I'm able to help a lot of people simultaneously and protect them from a dangerous, you know, a, a risky industry. And basically they're paying. I've already paid for my, 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 my saying is I pay for the mistakes. So absolutely. Learn from me. I pay for them already. So the, you know, so people have been uh, getting a course. I've got like 85 to 90 students right now. And, and, um, stuff is going good and, and they're loving the mentorship and, and it makes me feel good because everybody's selling these courses for like 700 to a thousand dollars. Yep. Same industry. And I'm, I'm, I'm letting it go for two fifty because like, of course I got to get paid for my time and, and the, the money of I spent, uh, on getting the software and all the tools to do it. But at the same time, it's like these people about to put ten thousands of dollars on a truck and they need all the money they need to, to protect their investment. And I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be good. I don't need 600, 800, a thousand dollars. Take it for two fifty and, and call me when you need me. And that's what, you know, everybody is loving that because, and it makes me feel good because I'm helping people, man. That's the major thing about it. Like for us to change our position uh, socially, it's going to come through economics. Yeah. When we're able to work together when we're able to have more business owners, we're able to have more money in our pocket. We can manipulate and be, you know, when our money is together, we're powerful people. We're powerful people right now because we make people rich. Yep. You know, Absolutely. Our, our, we're the best consumers out there globally. So when our money comes together, we're going to make each other powerful. When we learn to work and do good business and, and, and be a good employee for an owner that looks like us, you know, and vice versa, be a good owner for employees that work for you. It's a community at that time. At that, when that takes place, it's a community. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, gonna be, it's powerful and it's going to happen. Right now, we're in a time and a great time. And edu- financial literacy is being made cool, which it is cool. And it's, you know, making business moves and it's being made cool. We we had a pivotal pivotal stage right now. And I'm glad to be in a position where I'm able to teach because just like I said, told you earlier, I was going to be a coach. And anybody that's a coach or a teacher, they know that they're one in the same. Yep. So whether it's sports or whatever it is, I'm good at coaching. I'm good at leading. And it's my duty to be a teacher and a coach and lead by example and, and be there for people. And I'll be doing my people a disservice if I'm not. And would you say that's your central motivation for all that you do? 100%. Uh, I would say that that's a major motivation, but the, Number one motivator was the, the the day that I had my first child and then the day that I had my second child. Mm. Uh, when I had my kids, my motivation, I thought I worked hard before I had my kids. But my hustle and, and, and my work ethic, I then understood why my dad worked relentlessly. It wasn't because he wanted to be rich. It wasn't because he... Uh, he just wanted to be a wealthy man. It was because he wanted to protect us. And the only way to do that is, is by building and, and protecting your family financially. So you can then make any decision you want for your family. 
So without him having to tell me, I understand that feeling of having your kids relying on you. That's it, it just it, it put on the light switch for me. And I, I don't think even though everything that I said, I don't know if I'm here right now at the position I'm at right now. I don't know. I know for a fact I'm not at this stage without me having my kids because it's a lot of late nights. And I know you probably relate to this, too. When you work for yourself or you're an entrepreneur, it's nights where you working at 11 p.m. It's weekends where you got to make decisions like, I don't think I want to go out. I got to cover payroll. It was it was years I didn't know what a weekend was. Exactly. Exactly. And those years that I was saving up initially at home, I didn't go out every weekend. I'll probably be at the bars and I'll be holding the same drink that I had that, you know, I let I drink to drink in three hours. And then the last two hours I'm out, it's the ice that's melted that I'm sipping on. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not too proud to say that. I'm actually proud. I'm actually proud to say that because that's sacrifice. It takes a strong person to sacrifice. You don't always feel like you you uh, fit in. You don't always feel like that you belong. But that's what sacrifice is. You're going to be different when you sacrifice. Very different. But, you know, you got to embrace it. I always embrace the grind. And, and, and I knew I fit in. I knew I was doing the right thing because the validation was my dad. The validation was my brothers. The validation was my sister. The validation was my mother. I knew I was doing the right thing because of the stuff I seen them do. They didn't tell me, hey, you're doing the right thing every day. No, I would just replay in my mind. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm doing it right. Because my heroes, my role models, they showed me through their actions. And that's why your children would be okay because they're going to see your actions. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's my biggest motiv- motivator because I know that they watching me, whether they realize it or not. When they become our age, they're gonna remember the the times that that we walking in right now, and they're gonna remember what Daddy was doing. If you enjoyed this episode, ask for two things as always. Number one, leave a five star review, and number two, pass it on to a friend who may benefit from it as well. A new episode of Mogul Motivation will be out this Wednesday.